Welcome to Get the Word Out, where we seek to destroy ignorance by speaking the word and having honest discussions that lead to wisdom. I am Josh, I'm here with Megan, and this is episode 8, and today we have self-proclaimed ourselves as uh, experts on marriage. Yep, because we know it all. Actually, I cannot believe that this is only episode 8. We should be on like episode 47. Yeah. Okay, close. (laughs) By now. So... (laughs) <laughs> we've run into a lot of issues with posting this one um and this is the second time that we've attempted to record this so no more than that but we've run into lots of things with the microphone breaking and the computer and like uh, just all kinds of stuff happening yeah but that's okay well i'm, I'm actually really encouraged because i think it, it only it's confirmation to me that this is needed A whole lot right now because um as you all know i'm sure you see it everywhere your friends and and in your family marriages are crumbling Mm -hmm. and they cannot withstand um the pressures of marriage (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there it's just it's all around everybody's falling apart and we have been married what eight years Yes. (laughs) Yes. In March. <laughs> It'll be nine years in March, dear. Nine years in March. Yes. Oh man. Aren't the guys aren't the guy supposed to be the one that forgets the number? Yeah, but you're married to me, so I'm the forgetful one. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh well anyway, uh let's let's jump into this. We have quite a bit. Um so I guess defining marriage would be the first the thing. The starting point, yeah. So what is marriage? Ma- when you get married it is, and this is this is for single people too. So this is not just for married people. This would be good for if you're single and um, ready for marriage. This this will be good for you to listen to too. Marriage is the most holy covenant between two people. It is a direct reflection of Christ and the church. So the two become one. In Genesis two twenty four, it says this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. In Ephesians chapter 5, it also continues to talk about this. It says in verse 32, it says, This is a great mystery, but it is an excellent, it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So essentially, what marriage is, is a metaphor for the way that Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, what happens is when you're saved, you and the Spirit of God become one. And when you get married, the Bible says that you and your spouse become one. And so um, let's just go over a couple more scriptures that confirm that. First sure. Corinthians 6.17 uh, But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. That doesn't mean that there's two separate in you. It's you have become one. Second Corinthians 5.17. Uh, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Which means you're no longer your old self. Just like when you get married, you are, you are one. It is our this, our that. Everything is, is ours. It's not his money, his, even his job, his this, his that, her, whatever, it's, it all belongs to both of us, yeah. despite what 
you may think, you know, I'm the breadwinner. It's my money. I, you <laughs> it's my side of the bed. They're my blankets. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if you don't understand the concept of you and Christ becoming one, then it isn't going to make sense when you get married and you think, well, we're not one. We're still two separate people. No, the Bible says that you have become one, just like you become one with Christ whenever you are saved. Um, so, for example, in John seventeen twenty six, it says, I've revealed you to them and will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. What does that even mean? When people, you know, when think about in Sunday school, when they ask, okay, they talk about G having Jesus in your heart. Who wants to have Jesus come into your heart and be Lord and Savior of your life? I actually didn't understand that when I was little. I thought it's just, I just had that picture of, you know, Jesus standing at the door and knocking and knocking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, that picture I'm thinking of. Yep. But, uh, I didn't really know what that meant to have Jesus come into my heart. And I just thought, you know, it was more like, okay, he's just, he's just with me. No, you are one and your spirit is one with his spirit. And it goes even beyond that. Not only are, do you become one in spirit, but you also have the, the mind of Christ. So you don't only have the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, like the Bible says, but you also have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16. You want to read it? Uh, yeah, 2.16. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. That's really cool. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? I can, because I have the mind of Christ. So, I mean... After getting all of this and understanding, okay, you're one, let the Bible says what God has joined together, let no man separate. You have become one and now it's 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 all becoming undone. Yeah. And why are there so many people getting divorced? Why are people splitting up so much? Why are there so many problems in marriage? Why is marriage so hard? If you become one, shouldn't you agree? <laughs> shouldn't you agree on everything? Well, I think uh, a lot of people have taken God out of their marriage, so they don't, even even Christians, they're not keeping mm -hmm. God at the center of their marriage. So Tony Evans has a quote uh, that I heard a little while ago. Uh, says, you cannot leave God at the altar and expect to have a happy marriage. So people are getting married, and that's the only God that's, part of their marriage is the ceremony and that's um, and that's it they leave yeah. it they leave it there and think okay got it from here i'm good i know what it's all about i know what marriage is all about all that matters is that we love each other right <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah yeah and 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 people and then so when you ask people like okay well what happened what well we just didn't love each other anymore we just you know, we're not in love anymore and, and that's okay. And that is just the biggest load of crap that I've ever heard in my life because that <laughs> that is living by your feelings. You have to choose your spouse every day after that day at the altar 
You cannot get married and then decide you're just going to live for yourself because you don't feel the um, the love lovey-dovey feelings anymore. Yeah, and that's not to say that some people don't go through like serious things that would uh, even biblically be, you know, a cause for divorce. But even still, I think the same principle applies. You still have to choose to love. Um, I'm not saying if you're in a, like an abusive relationship or something, that's probably not a good situation, but that's not really what we're talking about yourself physically from that situation. But I th- I think it was Pastor Graybill that said a good marriage consists of two very good forgivers. And so uh, we'll talk about forgiveness too. Um, but think about this. When you, when you are born again and you receive salvation, there's these things called the fruit of the Spirit. And these things do not come automatically as soon as you invite Jesus into your heart. Oh, I am full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And I am now perfect because I said a prayer. No, no. (laughs) Self-control. You've got to have some willpower and you have to choose. You have to choose to control yourself. You have to choose love. You have to choose joy. You have to choose all those things. All the fruits of the spirit, you have to you have to choose those things, and I think, especially, self control, because when you start to live by your feelings, well, I don't feel, I don't feel like he loves me anymore. I don't feel like this. Then you could that can start to like fester in your heart, and then there can be a bitter root, and whatever is in the heart is going to come out of the mouth, according to the Bible, and so you really you really need to. die to your to yourself that's what happens when you become a believer you die to yourself and so when you become married you're no longer your own you are one with your husband or wife yeah i think um i i I think self-control is the most difficult of those but i also think if you have self-control the other ones sort of the other ones are a lot easier yeah if you have self-control i can choose to love Mm -hmm. i can choose to have joy um yeah. And so one of the things that people go through is maybe you're in a relationship right now, maybe you're in a marriage where you have a lot of conflict or you're you're fighting with your spouse a lot. There are some people if you're anything like me, your fighting is more like um complete silence and you decide to give the cold shoulder. Yes. And you think, well, if he doesn't want to talk about it, then I don't want to talk about it, that type of thing. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're in a relationship where it's like, I will, I'm going to speak my mind and he's going to hear what I have to say. And this and that. And then it just goes back and forth and you're fighting. And so we want to take a minute to talk about fighting versus conflict. And so the goal of fighting is to prove that you are right and the other person is wrong. Whereas the goal of conflict is to become like minded. Yes. So, uh, our first fight was, it was shortly after we got married. Um, funny. It's funny now. I think it wasn't funny at the time. I think they're probably all funny. Like if you ask 
some couple, some random couple, like, oh, what, what was your first, first fight? fight? Or, yeah. you know, what did you fight about last week? It's going to be over something ridiculous. Um, but our first fight, I don't know how long we'd been married. Maybe a couple of months. I don't know. Uh, but so we were, we were eating dinner and I don't know what we had. Something we had to grill. <laughs> and so we lived in an apartment. The only grill that we really had access to was uh, Megan's George Foreman grill. Mm-hmm. And those things are a bear to clean. <laughs> and uh, especially the older ones where you can take the plates out. I, I think they this make one ones did, that you can take the plates yeah, out. Yeah, th- there was know. no removable tray. Yeah. So, uh, so you have to awkwardly hang it over the sink and scrub it without getting anything else wet. Yeah, we even had a sponge, I think, for that, the George Foreman. Like, fit the little grooves. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, we finished up from dinner, and I'm in the kitchen cleaning up, and Megan is cleaning up the table or whatever. And so uh, I finish up in the kitchen, and I go, I don't know, watch TV or something. Didn't have any kids, so I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> we and, didn't realize uh, what that was like. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I start watching TV or whatever, and Megan yells, for me or says something like, like, like I said this, did you clean this? Did you clean this George Foreman grill? He's like, yeah, I cleaned it. I said, no, you didn't. You didn't clean it. It's not clean. It's disgusting. <laughs> you did not even wash this. I cleaned it. And he just kept saying, and he, his eyes got kind of big. He's like, I cleaned it. I did clean. Don't tell me I didn't clean it. I cleaned it. I'm like, no, it's dirty. I there's spent like, like 25 minutes like, of my <laughs> life scrubbing that thing. You that, can't tell me. That was probably the last time we used that thing. But I'm like, no, it's not clean. It's not clean. And we were both trying so hard to prove that we were the ones that were right. It actually created a distance between us where I would just didn't want to communicate at all. Like whoosh, the walls go up because of this stupid George Foreman grill. Thanks, George Foreman. But eventually, you know, we decided that I was the one that was right. <laughs> and you were the one that was wrong. But that's okay. And so the next morning I put it next to our bed and I put some bacon on it. (laughs) No, no, we did not do that. No, but, but yeah, I think, um, part of it is how you approach the situation. And so if that was just a, a, you know, that really was our first fight. That wasn't a made up story, but, um, you know, know most fights are, I don't know, but most fights are a, a little more serious than that. And so part of it is how you approach it. So if you approach it with the goal of, I will prove to him that I am right and he is wrong, that is going to create distance between you and your spouse. But if you go into it saying, hey, we have a problem, we need to get on the same page, it creates a whole different atmosphere for the conversation to take place. Yeah. And so we want to give you five things, how to work through some of those problems, kind of like five steps. And so these are, these were just kind of off the top of our head, but I I think it's really important to have something, um, to go to when, when something comes up. And so number one, we would say is you have to talk. You cannot shut yourself off and you cannot shut down when some, when there is an issue going on. You can't just assume that the other person knows how you feel because I'm telling you my husband for years was oblivious to 
my feelings completely because I didn't share them because I wouldn't open up my mouth. Instead, I would stand at the sink doing dishes and fight with him in my head for so long that it got a, became a bigger and bigger and problem. And it was this huge burden that I was carrying that he wasn't carrying any of it because he had no idea what was going on. And so you have to sit down and say, listen, here is a problem. The dog's dreaming. So if you hear him, he, he's okay. He's just having a dream. He's lying on the floor. And so you have to talk. You have to be the per. Even if, even if you think, well, you know, they didn't bring it up. It must not be that big of an issue. No, if you, if it's going on in your head, it needs to come out of your mouth. And so you need to be the person, even if you have to be the bigger person and say, listen, we've got a problem. We need to talk about it. Number two. Uh, pray and fast. Uh, so when we started praying together, and I'm not saying we do it all the time. We don't do it as often as we should, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. Uh, but there's just a... Intimacy. An intimacy. Yeah, it's hard to be angry at somebody and pray with them, I think. And it's very hard for you to be distant with your spouse when you are contending for things together in prayer and when you're praying for each other you can't pray for your spouse and and harbor bitterness against them you can't you can't what are you laughing at i was just gonna say there's all sorts of things that you can pray for your spouse about when you're angry at them but i know exactly what you mean <laughs> i know what you're trying to say rather <laughs> well the lord smite him <laughs> no no something like that no pray for the good of your spouse. Lord, teach her how to load the dishwasher properly. Oh. In Jesus' name. Don't even get me started on the dishwasher. <laughs> Let's move on before that turns into a fight. I read the instructions for the dishwasher. Okay, we got a new dishwasher. And I thought, oh my goodness, my husband's going to be so proud of me because I'm going to read the instructions on how it's actually supposed to be loaded and where things are supposed to go. And so I did. And wouldn't you know, I still didn't do it right. She read the instructions and then completely disregarded them and threw, <laughs> threw them away. Okay, moving on. Number three. <laughs> this is important. Guard your conflict. Okay, so number one was talk. Number two, pray. Number three, guard your conflict. That means don't let everybody know about what's going on in your marriage and what you're fighting about and what your problems are. The whole world doesn't need to know. And if you do let the whole world know, you put it on Facebook, then guess what? Everyone's going to have an opinion on how you should, how you should fix that problem. And everyone's going to, uh, feel like they need to, they need to, um, uh, quote, help you out in your marriage. And that is a big mistake. That is not to say, don't get help. If you need help, you find somebody who is not your parents because your parents are always going to side with you. Yeah. Okay. You need to find somebody who you're close to who um, is spiritually mature enough to handle the situation, whether it be uh, your pastor or or a counselor or or somebody, not not your mom or or your dad or I I don't know anyone in your your family and not someone on Facebook. Um, You need to guard what's going on in your marriage. And if you really want it to get better, then you need to find the right kind of help or you need to do these steps. You need to talk to each other and pray and rely on the Holy Spirit 
to um, kind of um, direct your conversations when you're talking to your spouse. But it is a mistake to let so many people in on what's going on. Okay, number four. Do you have anything to say about guarding your No, I I don't. You did did a fantastic job. Thank you. Number four. Go ahead. Uh, Remember your vows and don't treat them as suggestions Uh, in sickness and health, right? Uh, No matter what. No, no sickness, just health. Just health. Okay. (laughs) In health and in richness. That's right. You need to um, basically, you know, you're going to go through stuff. You're still married to the person. It's still your uh, covenant between them and God. And uh, it's easy to remember them. Not so easy to do them. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's where the fruit of the spirit comes in. And you choose to do it. You choose love. You choose self-control. And so um, this kind of just leads into number five. Number five is forgive. And so. If you are a born again believer, you this is this might be hard for some people to get, but listen, you just forgive. You forgive, it doesn't mean you forget, doesn't mean you forget what happened, but it does mean that you don't hold it against that person. That's what forgiveness is, and we choose to forgive because God forgives us. And forgiveness is a big big thing in marriage. You just better get really good at saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Just get good at saying it because it'll come in handy (laughs) in marriage. If something happens and you've never said those words before, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Like humbly go to someone and say, listen, I did something wrong. I'm sorry. You better just get good at it because it'll really come in handy when you're married. And, and when you do come to your spouse and you say, I'm sorry, I did something wrong. Will you forgive me? Let's forgive each other for this. It is so, uh, freeing. It is so freeing. And like I said, it doesn't mean that you forget it. It doesn't mean that it just goes away, but it doesn't put distance between you. When you forgive, it brings you closer together and you are going in the same direction together, not apart. So get good at forgiving all right so we have some questions here i'm gonna go ahead and start and by start i mean ask you the first question okay uh so what is a piece of advice you would give yourself prior or uh, prior to or early on in marriage piece of advice i would give myself well i mean if i could go back in time to my old self my my newly married self I would say listen you've gotta you've gotta tell your husband what's going on in your head even if it hurts his feelings because he needs to share some of this too it's not like you need to deal with everything and heart and just shove it down in you know keep suppressing it you need to open your mouth and discuss with your husband what is going on even if you don't feel like it you need to just sit down and do it start the conversation because I'm the, I was always until probably a few years ago, I was always the type of person that was just, just keep your mouth shut. Just keep, it was always in my mind, it was always better to not speak up. And that's not true. If that's you and you're really good at giving the cold shoulder and you're really good at keeping your mouth shut, 
you need to, now that doesn't mean you need to spout off at your husband because that's fighting. You need to open up your mouth and say, listen, this is what's going on. And and figure out how to go in the same direction together and become like-minded in this situation. And so I would, I would tell myself to just speak, just speak what's going on in your head. It, tell your husband, tell your spouse your fears and your worries, your concerns. Um, if they did something, they need to know about it, or they're going to keep doing that thing. If there's something that bothers you, then then tell them, you know, lovingly, not harsh, <laughs> not harshly. All things in love. So. Yeah. That that would be my piece of advice I would give to myself early on in marriage. The second question is really related to the first one. Something you wish you'd done better early on in marriage. And I think, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, I don't know how much I fought with you in my head or anything, but just an open, be more open. In communication. In communication, yeah. So you had said something um just now uh don't be afraid to tell your spouse something even if it will like hurt, hurt their, their feelings, feelings. Yeah. yeah i think uh that's something that i wish we had done me, me specifically i guess but i would assume that you would agree uh, or probably answer the question the same way just yeah. be better at communicating because i mean there have been conversations that we've had to had where yeah your feelings are going to get hurt but in the end, it's actually better for the both of us because there's something freeing. It's it's burdens that are lifted off of you when it gets out into the open. When things are exposed, um, it, it's just so much better to have those burdens lifted off of you and, and you're not harboring things or, or pushing them down. Um, We're both high on harmony and that isn't not good for good. communication. It's not good for communication. We've all, we've it's not good for conflict. We've struggled with communication since day one. Yeah. Uh, what has benefited our marriage the most? Uh, I think growing spiritually together has benefited our marriage. I can't imagine being married to somebody who was a non-believer. I know there are people out there with those relationships where mm-hmm. one of you goes to church and you're all, you know, gung ho about Jesus, and and the other person Couldn't is, care less. is angry at God and yep. doesn't want anything to do with Him and doesn't want to go to church and doesn't want to pick up a Bible. And I can't imagine being in that type of relationship. But I mean, we were both believers when we got married. However, the spiritual growth that has happened over the years has been crazy, and I'm I'm glad that we're growing together. Mm-hmm. It just makes it a whole lot easier to be married and to raise our kids. Yeah, we're we're on the same page as far as raising our kids raising spiritually. our kids spiritually goes. Yeah, and I think something else that has benefited our marriage has been praying together because, like he said earlier, it's it's a different type of intimacy that you develop with your spouse when you're praying and when you're talking to God together, and when you are contending for things together, it's. Just like the Bible says, one can set a thousand to flight, but two can set 10,000 to flight. It's so much more powerful when you are doing things together the way that God intended in a marriage. And so the last question is, what's the, what is the hardest thing about marriage? 
I think for us, it's been just communication like we had talked about. Um, owning a George Foreman grill was pretty hard <laughs> at the beginning. Um, but we're on the same page with a lot of things. And I know a lot of people are a not. lot of people are not. And But that does not mean that we have not had difficult times in our marriage. I mean, one of the things that I appreciate about our marriage now is that I feel like because we have been through some very difficult things that it has been tested by fire. And so now I know what our marriage can handle, where under the types of pressures that we've been under, other people would have collapsed or given in Mm. to separation or divorce. Yeah. And we have not. We We decided to forgive. And that, I don't know if that would have happened earlier on in our marriage. I think we probably could have said, let's just call it quits. Let's give up. But because we were spiritually mature enough to know what to do spiritually about the situation, we were able to overcome it. Because one of the first things that we would do, talk, pray, even fast. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, and I know people just go through through different things. And maybe your issue is not communication. Maybe it's just like I can't even I can't even stand living with this person anymore. Yeah, I, I think the first um if it's if you're in that sort of situation you can't stand the person you're living with, uh there are uh I think a ton of resources out there first, but I think I think you just need to you need to start praying for that person maybe even praying that your attitude changes but praying for your spouse well, i think praying for your spouse will indirectly affect your attitude mm-hmm. your attitude is going to change if you pray for your spouse yeah you can't hate living with that person if you are praying for them every single day if you're praying for their success if you're praying for their heart if you're praying for them you cannot um have bitterness against them yeah so uh we plan on doing i think we plan on doing we're not on the same page as far as this goes i guess but we plan on doing uh more episodes related to marriage type topics i think yeah we haven't really planned it out we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here so just keep an eye out for them that's the way we do things so we really appreciate you uh listening to this episode Uh, If you have any questions or thoughts, comments, uh, we would really love to hear from you. Uh, Our email address is podcast at gettheword.out.today. Again, that's podcast at gettheword.out.today. Or you can send us a message on Facebook or, I don't know, Instagram, whatever those other. I mean, I'm technically on Twitter, but whatever. If you can get a hold of us and you know how to please do. You have my number, (laughs) send me a text message. I don't usually answer my phone. So just call Josh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, however you can get a hold of us, please do. Uh, we really appreciate your, uh, your questions, comments. If you have an idea for a topic that you would like us to talk about, because we're experts on everything, uh, (laughs) please let us know. But, uh, we look forward to doing this again. And, uh, again, we thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.